Hello and welcome to Creator Crush. We talk to amazing creators who make rad things that we love. I'm Steven, joined as always by the wonderful Smash. And tonight on the show, we are so happy to have future alt-country star and space ghost valet, Jeff Morrison. <laughs> Jeff, a.k.a. Horace Holloway. Jeff, welcome to the show. Yeah, th- thank you so much for having me. Man, Yay. we are excited to have you, and there's there's a couple reasons I'm just excited to talk to you. One, your music is amazing. I want to talk to you about it. Two, kind. you've spent an awful lot of time with one of my uh, cartoon heroes, Space Ghost, a.k.a. George Lowe. Guilty uh, as charged. Yeah, which is awesome, which <laughs> yeah. also brings us to the way we initially met. We've known each other for eight years. You, Ashley, and I uh, have corresponded since DragonCon 2010 thanks to a chance meeting of us going to see George Lowe at his table. You sitting yes. there, him being late, and you mm-hmm. also having one final business card to give away. <laughs> Which yes. you chose that's to bestow on us. That's the best part was it was that it was the last business card. It was the final one that I brought. Yeah. And you could have given that to somebody who goes, meh, country music. And this thing <laughs> just tosses it. But you looked Isn't at Isn't that like a meat cute? I think that is. This this is our this is the beginning of our romantic comedy. Right. <laughs> I, I think so. I, I think there's I'm feeling some sparks here. This is that <laughs> it's all the way around. This is it's, this it's is something. The hat. It's, the, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the, the fedora style is really working for you. I know it's like, that's more of a trilby, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of a trilby. But it's your signature, because every single picture I've seen you in, the hat is involved. Yeah, I, I like to rock the hats, because I don't get haircuts very often. <laughs> so uh, the hat just kind of became my signature look, and then I went this side, customize them, and I stick buttons on them, and no then way. that became my... Became my thing there. There's a, there's just actually a space ghost on there. There is indeed. <laughs> Got one on there. Walk yeah. us. So now that you've shown your buttons, walk us through what those buttons are, because I'm I'm actually curious now. Okay, I, they're they're all they're interesting. They're um, so I do some entertainment stuff and some music stuff, which I guess is also entertainment stuff. But I do <laughs> stuff, and so I have buttons for the stuff. So this one here is for a band called Fort Defiance. These are my uh, friends, uh, my friend Jordan Eastman and his wife, Laurel Lane, and they are fantastic musicians. Um, and then this is George Lowe. This is the Space Ghost. Let's see if you can see this. Yeah, it the says, man himself. It says, don't make me use my spank ray. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And then there's this, this one here is the old one I have. It's a tree hugger button. It just has little arms hugging a tree. That's his tree hugger. And then this is Graham Parsons, who's like the uh, ultimate, like, old country influence. Like, uh, he's a real legendary musician uh, who passed away in his late 20s, unfortunately, way back in the 1970s. You did it wrong, Graham Parsons. That's it. Yeah, but he was from uh, he was from Winter Haven, Florida, uh, which was right next to where I was living for many many years, and so I, I kind of uh, always felt like sort of a kindred spirit with him. And then this other one here is from a band called the Cordovas, and the Cordovas have been all over like Rolling Stone and stuff recently, but they were kind enough at a gig to try and hire me as a. Uh, stage manager for a music festival that they were doing in Mexico. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't do it because it was right around that time I had to do my elbow surgeries and my arms became useless. But it was cool. They were great. They're really nice guys. They have a great band, and so I threw the button on there. Nice, <laughs> nice. And they've got they've got some free promos thanks to the uh, the buttons right there. That's awesome. That's it. Yeah. So I want to walk back to your early days because uh, this is it's always interesting to me how how people find music and how. Not that they find it, but how they also find out they want to play it. And the story's a little bit different for everybody. So where did where did your love for music come from? Um, okay, so where did my love of music come from? Uh, that's, uh, I guess, it's maybe it's kind of cliche, but uh, it came from my parents. Uh, my dad was really into like college rock, like top 40 stuff, Gin Blossoms and the Counting Crows and the Wallflowers and... So he was really into that, and my mom was really into country music. And so it was always, we were in the van or we were in the car, and, you know, depending on which one we were with, because they couldn't stand the other one's choice in music. So so in the one vehicle, there would be country on, and the other one, there would be like top 40 college rock. But the, never the two did meet, because my parents couldn't stand each other's music. So... <laughs> So, uh, so I, I grew up in a house. Um, that's good. It's good. Oh yeah. Positive start. Yeah, positive start, right? I had a house. <laughs> it, it had a door and windows. Escapes. It's a it's a very original it's a very original beginning. But so that's where my my love of music came from. Just hearing music all the time and and being around it. Um. Do Do you want me to get Do you want me to get more into how I got into music? Yeah, I mean, if you, oh, okay. yeah, like, like, where, you know, where did your, you know, where, where'd you pick up your first guitar? When did you, when you, when you figure out that you wanted to play it? Tell okay, us all the yeah, tell us all the things people yeah, want to yeah. know. We'll get all, we'll get all the things here. Okay, so um, I had really bad personal taste in music. My, <laughs> my, my musical taste personally was terrible. I was listening to not it's, some people are into this stuff, but I was listening to things like Kill Switch Engage, um, uh, the Insane Clown Posse. Oh Lord! Uh, yeah, really, really terrible, really, <laughs> really out there stuff. And I met my wife, who has very wonderful taste in music. Thank God. Um, but so my, uh, I, I grew up. This is very important to the story of Horace Holloway. Uh, I grew up very, very very poor, like really, really far below the poverty line. Like, uh, like Christmas doesn't come if somebody doesn't take your name off that tree at the mall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Thanksgiving came from the church in a box and like we used to wait in free bread lines and stuff. So I grew up really, really, I guess you would say underprivileged. I didn't necessarily feel that way, but we were very, very poor. Uh, neither one of my parents worked. I lived in a house with five people and no jobs. Um, yeah. So I met my wife and my wife was into bands. She was into going to shows and, and doing stuff. I had never even been to a show. This is my early 20s, believe it or not. This is 19, 20 years old. I'd never even been to a show. And my wife was going to see a band called Rilo Kylie. <laughs> yeah. So R- Rilo Kylie. Uh, is playing and she has a ticket for her and her friend. I had just met my wife. She was a, we were just dating at the time and the girl she was going to go to the show with was pregnant. 
And so she was, uh, she felt sick that day. And so my wife said, do you want to come see this band? Well, as an avid listener of the Insane Clown Posse and Killswitch Engage, I had never heard of this band, Rilo Kylie. So uh, I said, sure, what the heck? Like, it sounds like a good time. And so I went to the show, and um, opening for Rilo Kylie was a little band from Austin, Texas called Ockerville River. Ockerville River is hugely influential in my story. Um, it's at the House of Blues. I can kind of hear the band. I'm kind of far back. They have like a bass line or something that I'm enjoying. So just on an off chance, I, I buy one of their albums. I have I don't know who this band is. I buy the album. I like fall in love with this weird album, this Ockerville River Black Sheep Boy album. And uh, shortly thereafter, they end up coming by themselves to a small venue in Tampa, Florida. And so I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, these guys are rock stars. Like, they, they play shit. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. the At this point in my life, I don't know the difference. I mean, yeah. these guys could have been you, too. For all, <laughs> for all I was, I'm like, oh, my God, they play on a stage with real instruments, you know? So, so I, go, I go to the show. We drive to Tampa. And uh, we get to the show. And I get up to the gate. I'm super pumped. At this point, I've had the CD for a few weeks. I know the songs. I'm like, man, this is so awesome. And I get up to the show. It's at the New World Brewery in Tampa. And I, I get up I get up to the gate. And I'm like, yeah. And then the guy's like, the guy's like, ID? And I'm like, sure. And the guy's like, this is a 21 and up show, sir. You're 19 years old. Oh, no. <laughs> so, well, but, but. Yes. No. Right. This is terrible. But no, because I am dogged and persistent, if nothing else. Darn it. So I'm like, so I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like I, I, we just drove all the way here. I love this band. I'm just here to see the band. Like, please, please. No, no, it's 21 and up show. It's at a brewery. I'm sorry. So people are going by me and stuff. I'm refusing to budge from the table at the front of the gate. And I'm like, I'm like, look, I, I don't drink because I never was a real drinker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> air quotes. Uh, but, I, 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 you know, it's, I was underage at the time. And I was like, dude, I don't drink. Like, I'm, I'm just here to see the band. So it takes me about 45 minutes. And I finally schmooze my way in. And, and the guy says to me, what's that? What's What's the what's the uh, what's the rating on this show? Is it is it a PG show? Is it a PG thirteen show? <laughs> is it? I mean, for for life, for you for you for. Uh, so I go up to the gate. I don't want to get in trouble if I swear. Can I swear on air? Uh, oh, is this show? I thought you, uh, he asked uh, you, and I was like, guys, oh, no, you can curse. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We just we just uh, avoid f bombs if you can. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. can do that. So it's just part of the story. So so the guy the guy says, all right. I will let you in on one condition. And he, he said, I'm going to put X's on your hands. He said, if I see you by that bar, I will come back there and I will beat your ass myself. <laughs> I, I said, I'm just here for the band. Thank you so much. Like, this is wonderful. So I go there and there's not even like a raised platform for the band. They're just like playing underneath a patio. And I'm just going ballistic out in the crowd. Cause I'm like, this is, I'm like, like front and center for you too. Like this is the biggest band in the world, this Ockerville River. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going crazy. And so after the show, I'm, I'm like totally fanboying it out. It's like the best day of my life, but I got my Sharpie markers 
And I'm like, please, can you sign a CD? Can you sign my shirt? Please, can you sign? And so I'm talking to I'm talking to the drummer, uh, Travis Nelson, Big Trav. I'm talking to I'm talking to Big Trav, and he's like, uh, he says to me, uh, he says, Hey man, I, we appreciate you going crazy down there, man. We saw you like singing along and like throwing yourself ever. I said, dude, I had such a good time. I said, they weren't even going to let me into the show. <laughs> he said, what? Are you serious? I said, yeah, man, it's a 21 and up show. I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> and so Trav, the, 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 the beautiful, wonderful soul that he is, Trav goes, dude, this can never happen again. He goes, he goes, here's my email address. He said, any show that we're playing, just email me. If it's 21 and up, we'll tell them that you're our merch guy or something and you're in. That's amazing. Right, right. So, 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 so Trav, so now I'm still like a total, a total dingus at this <laughs> point, right? So he's given me his email to get into these shows. And I'm like, oh, he gave me his contact information. He must want to be best friends. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Like, why else would he give me his information? He wants me to talk to him. So I start sending him. I mean, I, I don't know the protocol or anything at this time. I'm just an excitable kid. And so I start sending him these emails, like these massive, monstrous, page-long emails with every question I can possibly think of for, like, you know, what's it like to be in a band? What do you guys do your off time? You know, like, do you like touring? Like, you know, and, and, and I'm sending all this crazy stuff. And again, Trav, being the incredible soul that he is, he responds to every one of these freaking enormous emails that I send him. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, so, so. This is how, this is sort of when it like, it starts to seep into me. Like I become like a part of the thing. I'm like, oh, I'm in with this band. (laughs) I see how this works. So I, I do, I do that show. And then there's another band that comes a little later to town called uh, Margo and the nuclear (laughs) so-and-sos. Margo is terrific. And I end up same same kind of a weird odd situation. Um, I become friends with the guitar player. I can't find him. I need everyone's signatures for this little seven inch vinyl or whatever that I bought. I can't I can't find it. And uh, I finally get Andy. He shows up after an hour or something. I don't know where he went after the show, but he comes back and then he's like, "Man, keep in touch." Gives me his email address. <laughs> he just he drops that bomb, and you're like, "Yes, I will. I have email." <laughs> It's like, I have so many long letters full of questions for you, sir. <laughs> but yeah, so so then, so Margo and the Nukes gets picked up by Epic Records. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so they, uh, they it becomes this like cool thing where Andy's like, yeah, dude, it's awesome. It's you plus however many you want. Bring all your friends and I'll list you guys. <laughs> and so they're playing like Conan O'Brien and stuff. And so I just... This is like, I just kind of got into it on, on accident because of Big Trav. I just kind of end up in it. And then I um, I have always been a writer, not not like um, specifically books or anything, but I, I've always written. I've always written. I was, um, my wife got me into Live Journal oh, years yeah. ago. 
Like journal from from circa two thousand two or whatever the heck. It's still a thing. It still exists. Yeah. I use it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like it's like if you have Live Journal now, you are the hardcore blogger. Like you are yes. old school and and you maintain that Live Journal cred through the rest of your sure. life. That's it. But so I'd always written on Live Journal and I'd always written things. And so I got into the bands. I became friends with the bands, and um, I bought a guitar. At some point, my wife had a guitar, but I bought a guitar. I had a credit card. Don't tell Chase Bank. Chase Bank won't see this, will they? I had a, <laughs> sure. I had a credit card. This is many years ago. It defaulted, and we charged it all off, and then it disappeared from my credit. Um, but Winning. So I went. So that's 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 what uh, what is that called? Creativity. That's yes. creativity, yeah. right? Illegal creativity or or frowned it's upon creativity. Efficiency. That's it. This is what we call impoverished creativity. You get someone to give you a credit card, and then you buy a bunch of things that you need, and then you just throw out the credit card. (laughs) (laughs) You learned some tricks, you know, growing up how you did. You're like, we got this figured out. Exactly. We're like, no, no, it's all good. In 10 years, that'll be off your credit. Don't even sweat that. That. Sign up for DirecTV for the month that you need it, and then in 10 years, that'll be off your credit. <laughs> <laughs> These are not uh, uh, sanctioned tips uh, from Creator Crush, everyone. No, 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 no. Don't, don't follow my – there are some things you can follow my example on if you're listening. There are other things – Maybe don't do these things because they're not a good idea in a general sense. Just because um, he got away with it doesn't mean you'll get away with it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but so, yeah, well, so one of the things I got with that credit card was a guitar, an acoustic guitar from a pawn shop for 86 bucks. Oh, wow. I still have that guitar. Chase has still not gotten their money. So. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot about you long ago. It's fine. <laughs> They charged that off. It was ten years ago. But so then I so then I started then I started um, taking the things I was writing. I always felt good as a writer. I always felt confident and comfortable as a writer. It's just how I expressed myself. And then I took the way that I expressed myself and I started putting it to the music. So I wasn't a musician first. I was a writer first. But then the the music became an an outlet. Once I learned how to work an instrument, it became an outlet for the things that I was writing. So, so that's the that's the long and long of it. No, that's that's amazing. Like, do you still do you still uh, different people approach music different ways? Do you still write lyrics and then write music to go with it, or, or do you do it vice versa, or is it kind of at the same time? It, now, this is an interesting question because I, I think for every musician, that's a little bit different. Yeah, right. I, like it, it's it's different. Um, if I can be, if I can be you know, like, uh, personally opinionated. I feel like my best songs come from me writing first and then arranging them to the music afterward. But I, I do frequently write decent songs where it is the, the music and the lyrics at the same time. Oh, nice. Okay. That's How awesome. did you learn to play the, the guitar out of curiosity? Um, I bought a book. Uh, it had like, it was a little book. I got it somewhere. It was like three bucks or something. And it had like A, G and D chords in it. You can play Uh, most church music with those three. (laughs) Absolutely. 
absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, if it weren't for my disreputable past, I would start a worship band right now, man, and I would be just rolling in it. Yeah, <laughs> that is not. It's, yeah, that's you true. need you need E A D and C, and then if you need to be creative, you just put a capo somewhere, and then you've oh, got an entire new set of chords. The, ca- the capo is the lifeblood for any legit songwriter. All you need is those three chords and then that capo to make them into other chords. Oh, yeah. Then you win. You Congratulations. You now have an entire arsenal of chords. Exactly. So, so what I did was I learned those three chords from the book, and those are the same three chords that I use on every one of my songs to this day. <laughs> is it? See, but that speaks to, to how, like... <laughs> I know, I know you're messing with me a little bit, but, but little, I'm, I'm being a little facetious there. But but, but it's funny; it's almost believable because music is is so incredibly versatile. It's why it's why there are the same power chords. There are only so many, but there are a million rock bands with unique sounding songs with those same chords uh, to some degree. Whether they're 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 spacing them out differently, they're just in a different measure. You end up thinking you've got a whole different song, especially once paired with a melody. You're like, I didn't know that that was the same song 18 times. The Ataris actually have a song making fun of it. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's like the four chord song or whatever. And it's the same four chords in every song ever. Uh, <laughs> they just happen to make fun of everybody for using them over and over again. It's exactly right. It's on. There's one like that on YouTube where you go on there and then you search that. Like, um, Oh, something. the uh, Axis of Awesome. Yeah. yeah, 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 that one. So you So you go on there and then it's just like, it's like, the same four or three or four chords, and then it's like every popular song that you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> yeah, it's that's how it that's how it works. I'm currently <laughs> looking this up. Yeah, you should. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, everybody listening should should check out the Axis of Awesome because it was amazing. So you you learn guitar. You've got a guitar in your hands, well, and, and guitar. yeah, you learn, learn guitar. guitar. And you sound like you sound a lot Only like me. Slightly I, illegally. <laughs> you you learn it. You sound because I I call myself a guitar player, not a musician. It's an entirely yeah. different subset of people. Uh, <laughs> but but so you've got that, and you you don't instantly go into the studio and start recording an amazing album. So what does your journey look like? From I picked up a guitar and I want to play some songs to I am confident enough in my abilities to approach a, a record studio and say I would like to record in this place. This is, this is where it gets good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Hook us up, man. Storytell. Now, now that we're past all the boring stuff, oh, we'll right, get into yeah. the good stuff. <laughs> um, but, so, okay, so so where does it all start? So um, I still haven't quite figured out how to make myself, a, like, m- uh, for myself, um, a musician. I haven't I haven't quite got that down. I'm I'm dabbling. I'm writing some things. I'm trying to arrange melodies and stuff and playing with it, but I still don't have it down to where I'm like, okay, this is what I do. So I end up linking up. Uh, I worked at the Olive Garden, the uh, the OG breadsticks. Uh, of every musician. Yes, I was slinging breadsticks for eight years at the Olive Garden, uh, like any like any good person working in entertainment should do. Um, <laughs> and so and so. Um, I end up meeting a guy who fronts a progressive death metal band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. These guys have a band. I don't know anything about progressive death metal, but yeah. <laughs> so I <laughs> so I start hanging out with the progressive death metal guys, right? And I'm just kind of always around and I'm personable and fun and friendly, I guess. And 
So uh, eventually the bass player uh, can't make a show or something. And I'm like, oh, uh, and they're like, uh, you could play bass for us tonight. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't even know how to play a bass guitar. And they're like, it doesn't matter. It's metal. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of people really into metal listening. Just their heads just exploded. They're like, no. No, no he's right. Yeah, you're yes. right. No, okay. Not to disparage metal. There's some incredibly talented and technical players. I am very aware of this. I still listen to some, some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still listen to some, some great bands, uh, progressive metal bands, and they're very, very talented, very, very technically proficient. And it's incredible to watch them. I can't do what they do, but this particular band was not one of those bands. And so, <laughs> so they were like, yeah, just, you know, get up there and like hit the strings, man, and we'll do it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going all out. So I get up there and my inner showman comes out. It's my first time on stage. So obviously I'm not playing the parts, but I'm hitting the strings. So I start playing with my tongue. I start playing with my teeth. I actually ride the bass guitar like a horse for a little <laughs> while across the stage. Uh, <laughs> Those are normal things that one would do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Flea like, does it in the Chili Peppers, you know? Yeah. But Flea has actual talent. Incredible so, talent, yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to put this quote somewhere that, that uh, you guys called me the talentless Flea. <laughs> I'm going to use this. This is like a PR line for me, you know, referred to as the talentless Flea. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> um, that should go on your bio somewhere. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. This needs to be up. But so I, so I play the show, and uh, the show goes great. I hang around with this band, and I watch the way that they're doing things. Uh, over the course of a couple of years, I don't like the way that they're doing things. I don't like the way that they're running business. I don't like the way that they're treating people or running a band. Um, and so I take like personal cues. I start like building this mental Rolodex. I'm like, okay, if I end up doing my own music, here are these things that I don't want to do. Huh. So I get, so I go on, uh, the, that, that band breaks up. I get on with a, another rock band, um, over in Seminole or St. Petersburg, Florida, somewhere over there. And uh, it was just a, a thing. We played a show and then I quit. But, um, <laughs> but so they bring me in. And so the first show, this is, this is, what, this is what really kicks me in the butt here, this one. So we, we play the show and the band books the show. We've been a band for like four weeks. We've written a song like every week that we don't know how to play. And the guy running the band is like, hey, we're going to go ahead and book a show so we can play this stuff. <laughs> I'm like, we don't even know how to play this stuff. So we booked the show and then we don't have enough material to cover the whole set. Oh no. So I'm like, I'm realizing this and I'm like, Hey, do you guys want me to play a couple of the songs that I've written? Like we'll do like an acoustic break. And they're like, no, nah, dude, your songs suck. They sound like the Counting Crows. We're going to play MXPX covers. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I love MXPX, but I also love the Counting Crows. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right? They're like, nobody wants to hear your Mr. Jones crap. Yes, and they I'm, do. Okay. okay. But so anyway, so I'm uh, being persistent and dogged and hard-headed. I'm like, we're not playing stupid MXPX covers. We're going to play my songs. Yeah. So, so I fight my way in. I get to play my songs. And then my songs get like a really good response from the crowd, like way better than any of the other songs from the band. Nice. <laughs> now these guys had not wanted to deal with my music. They hadn't want to hear it. They had, they didn't want to play it. They didn't want anything to do with my material. 
And then after the response we got, they're like, hey, man, we think we should start working on some of your songs. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to go ahead and quit this band. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I literally right then I quit the I quit the band and I'm like, I got to figure out how to I got to figure out how to do this on my own. I figured this stuff out. So. I'm on my own and I'm, and I'm kind of, and I'm kind of messing with it. I'm putting some things together. And then I have these three big sort of life changing, life altering moments that kind of hit me like back to back to back. And uh, so it's October of 2009. I get married October 1st, 2009. Me and my wife, we sneak off. We go up to Savannah, Georgia and we get a park. I hired a woman to marry us in a park. And I'm like, this is awesome. Things are looking up. This is going to be so great. And then in November of 2009, my brother got killed. Oh, man. So I was like, I'm like on top of the world. I just got married and now my brother is dead and I'm grieving hardcore. He was, it was a motorcycle accident. Um, he was 21. Um, and then in February, my wife gets pregnant. So I go from being married and being like elated to the fact I just got married. Then my brother dies and I'm grieving and now I'm having a baby and I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing with my life. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a lot to so, process in a few months. Yeah. So, so, so the world hammers me and I was like, I was like, all right, uh, if, if, if we're going to fight, then let's fight. And it, and it really it kicked me in the butt. And I was like, I'm doing this music thing. I'm like, I'm all in on this. Let's do it. And so that's, so that's where the, that's where the Horace, Horace Holloway comes in. That's where the music comes from. I just, there's the, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I know. I was just, I was just trying to visualize you when you said you were okay. Let's fight as Lieutenant Dan on top of the shrimp boat, <laughs> just yelling into the storm. <laughs> like you want some of me? Come get me. Let's do this. Look at these sleeves. Look at these sleeves. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan is accurate for what was going on there. You see these rolled up sleeves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. You've got to show us some of your tattoos because I'm dying. Like, I, I, it looks like I can maybe like see a hat or. Oh, yeah. So this is the one I got. I got a bunch. Of, I got a bunch of. Ta- I have some that are not uh, safe for television. Okay. <laughs> I won't. I don't want to shove certain parts of my anatomy in front of the camera for the viewership. So I'm going, (laughs) I'm going to abstain from showing you some of them, (laughs) but I I will show you, I will show you others. I will show you certainly showing us his left butt cheek for the audio. (laughs) (laughs) If you're only in audio, it's my left butt cheek. (laughs) Okay. So let's see what I got here. So, okay. So this one, this is my, this is my favorite one. I got this one done. Can you see this one at all? Yeah. The King of Diamonds. Yeah. I know where that comes from. There's a little hat. These hand prints. That's kind of like my, uh, that's my like signature thing. I stick them on all my guitars. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then also these little dots. I put these on the headstocks of my guitars. Huh? Well, this is when I released my single. Um, this was the tattoo I got out to celebrate that whole process. That's, That's awesome. Awesome. Cause so it's that, such a, like, it's got such kind of like a mystical vibe to it. Cause yeah. I mean, nobody would know what any of that meant. Right. Nope. Not at all. 
Yeah, that but that's that's cool. what makes the tattoo special, right? It's it's yours. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter yeah. if anybody else gets it. It's it's your story. And it's right next to the Playboy bunny on his bicep, so it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a flying tiger over here too. Not just a Playboy bunny, but there's a flying tiger. <laughs> oh, and then there's and then there's uh, an X Files X there. Nice. Oh, X Files logo there. And that then, show was awesome. Yep, and then there's this is from the this is the back patch. There's a movie called The Warriors. Okay. Yeah, it's from like the, it's from this like 1980 or 1979 or something. But this is the back patch off the Warriors vest. Well, I feel like I movie. need to watch that just based on that tattoo. <laughs> it's a cool. It's a cool film. It's a really cool film. Yeah, it's but, one of yeah. those. Yeah, all I can think is Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. Yep, that's <laughs> yeah. the one. How have I not seen this movie? I have no idea. You've seen every weird of- 80s movie that exists. <laughs> oh, okay. If that's the case, then yeah, you're slacking. <laughs> I was going to cut you some slack. I was going to be like, oh, no, it's kind of a culty, like obscure. And then he was like, no. no I, I, yeah, I, I like the 80s era of movies. It, it makes my brain fizzy happy. Okay. Well, then you got to watch The Warriors. Okay. Yeah. I do that. So. All right, so where were we? Where Horace were we Holloway. You you discover Horace Holloway after all your turmoil. Okay, so we so we go through the the, the life changing moments and the turmoil, and I've been learning this whole time. I've been going to shows and stuff, and I've been building this kind of little black book. Um, not it's not a, a literal little black book, but it's a <laughs> a figurative. Uh, it's actually a live journal page uh, where I, it's a private page where I saved everything, all my important contacts and relevant details and stuff. And, uh, so, um, I've, I've doubled down. I've decided I'm going to do it. And I'm like, okay, if I'm, if I'm going in, I'm going all in, uh, I'm going to start calling people that I know from bigger bands and seeing if they want to get on my album. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know at this point. I don't even know like how the material will be perceived. I don't know how, like, uh, I've never really done it. I've never really done it before. And so I'm just like, just kind of go all in. And I'm like, look, if, if it fails, I want it to fail on me. I want to be the weakest link. I want to be surrounded with the, with the utmost talent so that when people hear this and they go, dude, this sucks. <laughs> I'm the reason that it sucks. Like I, I want to be the weak link in the chain. Like if we're going to, if we're going to do it, like we're going to do it that way. Like bring it on, bring it That's on life. Beautiful. Yeah. So so I start calling people and, and, and every time emailing and calling and uh, Facebook messengering and texting and everything else. But every time I message people or, and I send them some material, I send them a song, I'm like bracing for impact and expecting, <laughs> I'm expecting to be laughed out of the building. Like I am honest, honest to honest to goodness. I'm expecting to be laughed out of the building. And so I'm like, okay, here it comes. And then every time I send it out, they're like, Hey, this is pretty good. Oh, let's, wow. Yeah, let's work on this. So, um, and, and I mean, these are not like, these are not like small time musicians that I'm messaging. Like, uh, I'm, I'm talking to Catherine Popper and Catherine Popper played in Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. She played with Jack White. She toured with Jack White uh, from the White Stripes, uh, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Dude, I'm like, I'm like, I'm in, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm going bigger, going home. Like, we're, we're going to do this or we're not going to do this. Yeah, you're name dropping hard. I'm like, I know these names. I was 
I can see Steven melting. He's like, oh. like dang. Yep. So I got my buddy, I got my uh, Scott Brackett from Ockerville River and Murdered by Death. Whom Ockerville River, who were my heroes who did the thing. I reached out to them. I reached out to them and I was like, I got my buddy Scott, who's the keyboard player. Uh, I was like, hey man, do you want to jump on my album? Like just reaching out. I'm just like, I'm going to get my heroes on this record. Like this is what I'm going to do. That's and so, so cool. yeah, so I got Caitlin Carey from Ryan Adams' band Whiskey Town. Um, uh, Graham Parsons pin that I showed you earlier. Yeah. I got I got Neil Flance, who was Graham Parson and Emily Emily Lou Harris's pedal steel player. Oh wow. uh, from yeah, yeah, from from way back and uh, in the in the band The Fallen Angels. Um I got my buddy uh Brett Williams, who was in the nineties, those those nineties kind of radio college <laughs> rock bands. There's a band called Mighty Joe Plum that came out in like ninety seven, and my right. buddy Brett buddy brett was the singer so i got brett on there and then um i got a wonderful holy smoke she's blowing up right now there's a girl named flurry on my track lauren strom flurry f-l-e-u-r-i-e flurry oh that's fun yeah she uh i my i got introduced her to uh by my buddy jordan and uh she hopped on the album and i was like she has such a great voice this is so terrific and then I'm watching the Super Bowl, and then she's singing on the Super Bowl commercial. Oh, my God. That's so cool. And it's like, what? And then, like, um, she's on there. So, I don't know if you guys – and this is neither here nor there, but there's a rapper named NF. Are you guys familiar with NF? NF Real? He's no, a, it's, um, that's, that's definitely – if there's a scene I don't know about, it's that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, she was on, she was on his album – and then she was like nominated for like a Christian Grammy or something. And um, that's she, so cool. Yeah, she just like she started blowing up. She got a publishing deal out of nowhere. And then like I was like, whoa. So um, she's on there. Yeah. So I bring all my heroes in. And then uh, I'm super excited about it. I book studio time. I go to the studio. I'm like, my dreams are coming to fruition. <laughs> so I, I pay all my money up front and then I get hosed. Oh what? no! So what year? What year is this? What time frame are we at at this point? Uh, we're in like I think like twenty fourteen. Okay. I think it's what where happened. We, so I I go to the studio and um I, I do my deal my due diligence and they're like um I talk to some friends and they're like go to the studio track here this guy's cool he'll do a good job so I get in there and I'm being like as nice as I can and stuff and super fun and whatever and just trying to be like a team was like trying to be a team player and everything and the guy just has absolutely no interest whatsoever in my session like oh, no. so i'm so i i keep going back and i'm recording stuff and he just doesn't care and so i eventually realized like i put all my money down i still don't have a lot of money at this point i took like my whole tax return gave it to the studio oh. up front because I'm trying to be cool with the guy. And I'm like, let me help you out, man. You, you do right by me. I'll do right by you. Yeah. And I record everything. The budget's all gone and it's, it's crap. Most of it's unusable. It's been oh recorded poorly. Gosh. So yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm back at square one. Like I brought everybody in and I have nothing. Oh, so this heartbreaking. is Yeah. So, so then so then this is where my, I, I, I'm dogged. I'm like, man, you want to fight? Let's fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, let's fight. So somehow it just so happened 
that I had I had met the guitar player for a flock of seagulls. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's I ran I ran so far away for you you other you old you young kids who might not know. Yes. So I, I meet the guitar player for that band. He ends up becoming one of my absolute best friends in the world too. By the way, <laughs> that's um, amazing. Yeah. So, but anyway, he's a fantastic studio engineer. So I, I tell him what happened. I said, dude, my tracks are crap. Like nothing worked out. And so he says, get the, get me the sessions and we'll see what we can do. So we go, I go back to the studio. The guy won't even give me my tracks that I've paid for. He's like, Oh, if I'm going to open up the studio, uh, you're going to have to pay me to get your tracks. And I'm like, I already paid for these tracks. So I'm going to need $200 in order for you to take your tracks from my studio. So I pay them because I don't want to – I want my tracks. So I get my tracks. I bring them over to the – his name's Joe Rodriguez from A Flock of Seagulls. I, I bring them over to his place, and he goes in there, and, and it's most of it's unusable. Oh, like no. All kinds of destructive edits where, like, the audio's been cut, and then they're, they didn't, like, back anything up. It's just all chopped to pieces. The, the drums, he didn't bother to mic most of the drums. He just threw like one overhead mic. So the, the drums are a huge, it, it's just, it's a mess. Everything's a mess. And most of it's, a, so, so we end up, so I end up at Joe's and Joe is like my patron saint. And I end up like having to retrack and rebuild like the whole thing over at my buddy Joe's place. I put in like hours, Joe put in countless hours and then the result of that is King of Diamonds and the rest of the songs, which will be coming off of the EP. Oh, wow. That's, man, that How is... did you get it to work after it was so... Well, so, so some of it we had to scrap. Some of it oh, just got, that hurt. Some of it got thrown in the garbage, and then I just had to, I had to find more money, and I had to go back over to Joe's, and I had to retrack it from scratch. Oi. Uh, like the, the, the drums had to be rebuilt. Uh, all the keyboard and bass tracks had to be scrapped. Gosh. Um, the vocal tracks had to be redone. Those were all just crap. I think uh, I would put X-Lax in that dude's brownies. <laughs> <laughs> but so, well, so no, but this is the, this is the way that things work. Yeah. It's like you're up and then you're down and then you work your way back up and then you're back down. Oh, that's that's, put, that's a shame. I, I was convinced that the journey to musical fame was just really straightforward and and simple, and only required yeah, a little bit of blood and, and sweat. You know, right. yeah, just exactly. general easy street. Now, <laughs> where's, where's the listeners? Where's the listeners at? No, it's super easy, listeners. Here's what you do: you put a song together in your bedroom, then you play it. Right? Maybe you put it up online. Then a record label finds you. Then they give you millions of dollars, <laughs> and then you're famous like me. That is that is the dream though. I remember I was being in a band in high school and we were like, we can totally do this. We played like three shows. We're like, we're gonna be amazing. But all of us were shy. We didn't have that <laughs> we didn't have that like gung ho attitude that you did. So we were lucky we got a show, period. We were we were mainly playing in our, our living room going, We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. Never made a phone call. Never That's it. That's it. Yeah. But it's more it's more fun that way. I feel like it's more fun because the potential is like limitless. Like, <laughs> unrealized potential is limitless. <laughs> you, can, you, you don't have any regrets until you're old. Like you can yeah. just enjoy just it. Put that, 
It's like that thing I did with the credit card, right? You just keep pushing it back and then you deal with it much, much later. So you're just like, no, no, I I could be great. I could be in the Olympics right now if I wanted to. I could do it. Don't don't feel like it right now, but right? I believe that you would stand at the gates to the Olympics because that's how (laughs) they work and be like, I've been here for 45 minutes and I'll be here for another 45 (laughs) minutes. Let me in. I'm going to show you some weightlifting. That's it. So, so I, br- I get all my friends. I got all my friends on the record. And then the record is like, we have to rebuild it. And I'm like, man, I, I need, I want to put a cherry on top of this thing. I was like, what else cool can I do? Who do I know? And I realized, and I, and this is, well, this will be our nice little segue here. I realized that I know George Lowe, space ghost, coast to coast. <laughs> so, so years ago, I'm working at the Olive Garden and, uh, um, it's the it's the early shift, the lunch shift, and I'm trying to leave. I'm, it's my shift is over. I'm out of there. So this guy and his mom come into the restaurant and they sit in the bar, and there's nobody in the bar. So my manager at the time, this wonderful guy named Ming Yu, he always goes. He's an Asian guy. He goes, my name is Ming Yu, like <laughs> Man Yu, but a Ming Yu. <laughs> <laughs> so Ming, God bless man. I love Ming. I love Ming to death. So Ming says to me, Jeff, what's up, Ming? I'm out of here. No, Jeff, these people, they need somebody to serve the table. He's like, you're going to take these guys. Trust me, you're going to like them. And I'm like, oh, Ming, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. He's like, no, no, it'd be, it'll be good. Go ahead. Take this to your last table. You'll like them. So I'm like, okay. So I, I come over and I greet the table. And here's this bald guy with the horseshoe <laughs> hair. And he's wearing some little round frames. And a cow, a cow and chicken T-shirt, and he's with his mom at the Olive Garden, and I'm, I'm like, oh come on, like why did this have to happen to me? I'm like, look at this maladjusted human being. <laughs> That's an accurate description, actually, from the many times we've met him. That feels that feels right. It's it very accurate. So I, I I wait on him, and they're both super nice. They're both super nice and super cool. And I'm like, oh these people are all right. Well, somehow we get on the topic of Triumph, the insult comic dog. Gotcha. And uh, from Conan O'Brien. And so and so George, who I don't know is George at that point, George goes, oh, Robert Smigel. He's a buddy of mine. And I go, I'm like, Robert who? Who the hell is Robert Smigel? I'm talking about Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says Smi- yeah, he said, Smigel's the guy, my buddy who does Triumph. I said, oh, that's weird. He's like, maybe you know my other buddy, Marsha Wallace? I said, no. He said, Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Mrs. Krabappel. I'm like, who, the, who is this guy? <laughs> so we're doing, we're doing the voices. We're doing the triumph voices. And he goes, hey, have you ever seen a show called Space Ghost Coast to Coast? And I go, dude, I grew up on that show. And I start doing Space Ghost and Zorak <laughs> and Voltar. And you have no idea this whole time you're talking to Space Ghost. No idea. And so he, 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 he like, I'm like, I love it. I love it. And all of a sudden he starts doing the voice. And I go, I go, whoa, you sound just <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes. That's because I am that guy. <laughs> Go home and look up George Lowe on YouTube. <laughs> oh my God, I can see him saying that to you. It's the funny thing. And so, and so I go home and I, I look on YouTube and lo and behold, George Lowe is Space Ghost. <laughs> right? 
So, so fast forward, fast forward a few years to when we get the record finished. And, um, I'm like, I'm like, man, I should see if George will hop on this record. I'm like, I, I'm like, what, you know, why not? You know, I'm, I'm persistent, man. I don't take no for an answer. So (laughs) I will make, I will make it happen. Um, so I, I messaged George and stuff and we're talking and everything and he's super cool. And he says, all right, buddy, come by the house. Let's see what we can do. And, uh, so he records, he records some nonsensical space ghost esque track, <laughs> secret track for the end of the record, where it's where it's just him doing his ramblings, which <laughs> he does, and he's interviewing me just like a space ghost style interview. <laughs> and uh, so, so what ends up happening is he has to have cataract surgery on his eye. He has a bad eye. He has a ended up having to have a cataract surgery. His retina detached. He loves to tell the story. I don't know why he. He gets such a such a kick out of this stuff, this weird medical stuff. He's like, "Damn, they put a needle in my eye while it's open." And like, you know, he's like, "They used to, you know." It's, he's oh yeah, he's he's. I think he told that story at DragonCon the first time we were there about the Igor eye doctor. Yeah, and, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So he tells the story. He loves to tell the story. He loves to freak people out. He's like, "Oh, no anesthetic! Stab the needle right into my eyeball." And he loves. <laughs> he just eats it up. But so he ends up having to have the cataract surgery so he can't see real well and so he finds out that i know all these players from these bands and that people are on my album and that i best friends with the guy from a flock of seagulls and he goes hey buddy you're like you're like pretty hip and on the level he's <laughs> he says he says i need, i need some help he said could you drive me around i can't see really well right now i need to get to the store and stuff oh my god so i'm like Sure, man. Like, this would be cool. So then I become literally Space Ghost Valet. Right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm driving Space Ghost to and from, and then he hires me to work at his house. And he's like, hey, buddy, I could use some help around the house. And then <laughs> I'm like, so amazing. He's like, I know you work at a restaurant. You want to make some money? And I'm like, okay. He's like, come over here. We'll hang out and look at art. And I'm like, okay. So we start doing, yeah. So we start doing that. And then like, eventually it just becomes like, I'm over there like multiple days a week and we're hanging out and we're going to art shows and we're like eat barbecue every other day. And then he's like, so then it's like, we just become buddies and he's like, Hey, you should start doing these comic cons with me. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I've never been to a comic con. This might be fun. And so, yeah. And so that's how I ended up at the comic cons. That is, that is the most amazing, like you couldn't, you couldn't have hunted him down and made that story work. No. Like that was, that was a serendipitous, like we talked about meat cutes earlier that, that one was legit. Cause I I wonder, I can't help but wonder like if you had gone and and met him be like, holy crap, you're George Lowe. I'm waiting on George Lowe's table. If it would have ended up different, it's like you almost got to know him as a stranger uh, yeah. and it somehow, I could imagine if I was even relative, even relatively famous, like the idea that someone didn't know me would be attractive, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. He was like, Oh, this guy has no idea who I am. He won't even think to steal anything from my house. <laughs> <laughs> that's You're Edward right. from, well, yeah, no, you were, you, I guess you would be Bella in that situation and yeah. he would be Edward. <laughs> I feel that, I feel that if, if George was here right now. He would definitely agree that I was Bella and he was Edward. I I, I, I really that's I feel that I feel that, that he would he would feel that those are very well defined roles. 
And he would he would concur. He sparkles and no one can read your mind. It's exactly that's exactly right. But so yeah, so Space Ghost only happens because the sessions at the original studio get botched, right? Because I become friends. And it only happens because I end up putting all these bigger players on my records, which only happens because I end up at this 21 and up show that I can't get into, which only happens because my girlfriend at the time's friend who was pregnant got sick and uh, left to, to go to a Rilo Kylie concert. My like, it's all completely serendipitous. I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no talent, no skills and no clue. I just show up places and people give me things. Like <laughs> Jeff, put that EP out so someone can write this biopic on you. Honestly, they, they literally have made movies on a fourth of your <laughs> life story. This is you basically have Forrest Gumped your way to this position. <laughs> it's exactly right. It's exactly right. The um, I'm I'm trying to think. So so we we had a we had the talentless flea quote. I was yes. right. <laughs> Um, we have to figure out some way to use, I'm like Lieutenant Dan on top of a shrimp boat. Right, let's so fight. We'll that, the, the bio down there. And then we'll use that. We'll use that. I really like that. He Forrest Gumped his way to fame. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet, like, there are people that go after it and you, you definitely went after it. Cause like, we, we could say that you lucked out, but, but you, you might have got the, you grabbed a hold of a thread that a lot of people might see and then not grab, right? Like yeah, you, yeah. you went in there and then you were persistent and you, you chased down the people you wanted. So it we can, hard. It, fate, fate is a thing, right? But you, you also worked. Like I don't want to take that away from you. Absolutely. All, all kidding aside, I have a lot of fun joking and self-deprecating. But I mean, yeah, you, you don't make it happen if you don't put nose to the grindstone and. You know, like just just get after it. Like you have to be dogged and tenacious. You have to be able to take a punch. Like you have to be able to get back up and keep going. I mean, that's the only way you can make it happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Weebles wobble, but they don't fall. It's exactly right. Forrest Holloway, the human weeble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, we gotta string that. So Horace Holloway, the human weeble wobble, has Forrest gumped his way into being the talentless flea? Yes! I think you did it. it. Yes, that is it. (laughs) God, gosh, we have so much good material going here. He's he's like the human weeble version of a talentless Forrest Gump. There you go. Does that does that work? It feels good That's, enough to me. I'm I'm feeling very positive about everything that that is has happened here. I I'm still trying to digest it all because like I know, that was nuts. That is an incredible story. Like and, and and I think I'm learning from it. And I hope I hope that the listeners who who are into this show and are trying to learn from their creators are are also learning from it because I'm like, oh, maybe I should call more people. Like, Be dogged. Yeah, like Ashley and I have done podcast. We've been doing podcasts for 10 years, Ashley, right? Yes. It's been 12. And we're like, maybe we should get people on the show. And only recently, due to this show, have we started actually asking people and finding that many of them, shockingly enough, say, yes, I would like to come on a show and talk about myself for an hour. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I um, Actually, it's interesting that you said that. I trained with a guy named Steve Rennie. Are you guys familiar with the band Incubus? Yes. yes. So Steve Rennie was Incubus's manager for oh, many, wow. many years. He also used to be the like uh, vice president of Epic Records and stuff. I did like a mentorship program with Steve Rennie, with Incubus's manager, and that's one of his things. You don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, uh, my sister always says that. She's smarter than me. She says yeah. things like, "If you don't ask, the answer's no." What before you even walk out the door? Like, yeah, that's it. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Right? Yes. Isn't that, isn't that, yes, 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 yes. Little office reference there. No, that's great. I'm actually going through the series right now, and it's everything I ever wanted it to be. Oh, it's such a good show. I'm so it's late to the game, but I'm happy to binge it. So I didn't have to wait like the rest of the plebes. But so do we. <laughs> so do you guys want me to talk? I mean, uh, I mean, we could talk about literally anything. But do you want me to talk more about like the process of writing songs, I, or do you want me to talk? I think um, I think we've I covered. It. Yeah, Ashley's okay. got a handful of questions she wrote down. I want to give oh, her actually, plenty of opportunities. No, I just I had a question because you you talked about your elbows at the very beginning of this, and yeah. I feel like, especially now that we have all this background, I feel like that was a huge speed bump. And what what happened, and how did you recover from okay. that? Because you yeah, kind so, of need your arms to because you do judo, right? Uh, I do judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and that's I feel like you need your, your elbows yeah. for that yeah. and the guitar. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to do things without your hands. I learned. Yeah. I learned. Um, so what happened, this was really, really weird. Um, so I, I put out my single, and then I had this whole plan in place where I was going to move to Tallahassee because I had some buddies up here that were in the music scene and whatnot, and there's a lot of stuff going on, and I was like, I'm going to come up here. And I'm going to really work on it. So I put out my single. And for a couple of years, I had been having some issues with my arms. Like um, numbness, like like chronic pain. Sometimes they wouldn't work. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, things, maybe things I should have been concerned about, but I'm kind of dense. So I just, you know, I'm like, what is it? Oh, my hands don't work. I'll figure it out later. What do you, <laughs> you know? But so, yeah, so my, so I move, I'm like, I pack all my stuff up. I move to Tallahassee and my arms are just like kaput. So my hands, they won't work. And so I'm like, all right, well, uh, I'm not sure what to do without hands. I guess I'll go back. I guess I'll go back to doing jujitsu because you can do a lot of that with like kind of gross motor movement because it's grappling. It's kind of like wrestling. So you can kind of just like, you know, clamp the guy and pull them down and yeah exactly so i'm, so I'm like you know, I'm, I'm always kind of happy go lucky the world has thrown me many curves so i'm like what is it oh everybody's dead no that's fine let's keep going <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no i feel good everybody's dead but i'm brewing some coffee right now what are we up to um but so yeah so my hands my hands dot like croak basically i don't realize the severity the fact that they're not working maybe should be a clue to the severity yeah yeah. Well, again, you know, the denseness helps you get things accomplished. So it's uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. So I'm doing jujitsu and I get hurt. It's just a normal run-of-the-mill kind of athletic injury. And so I go up to the doctor, and at this point, I'm like <laughs> I'm sitting because I'm in so much pain. I'm sitting like, like <laughs> you get like a, a turtle trying to hide your head in your yeah, shell. 
like this. Like, you know, I'm, I have to drive a car with my hands in my lap because I'm like this because I can't put my hands up on the wheel. They don't work right. And so I go to the doctor and he goes, what's wrong with you? And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes, what, dude, what is going on with you? And I said, nothing I don't think. I feel fine. And he goes, and he goes, no, man, why, why are you, why are you holding yourself like that? And he's like checking everything. And he goes, dude, you got some weird neurological stuff going on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why my arms haven't worked for the last four years. So he's like, we got to get you to a neurologist. So they send me to the neurologist and I, they do all their little electrical tests and stuff and they stick the pins in and run the voltage oh, through and all that. Yeah. All that. Yeah. I, I, he told me it was going to give me like super playing speed and dexterity and stuff. I haven't seen any of that yet, but it was painful. Like you think. Um, so he runs all this stuff through and he goes, uh, all the muscles in the backs of your hands are completely atrophied. And I was like, Oh, so I have no muscles in my hands. My There's no electrical signals. The nerve is out of channel in both elbows and at my wrist. So there's no electrical impulses getting to my hands on either side. And my hands are dying off. They're How dying. is that a thing? Yeah, it's a, real, it's a real thing. My hands are dying off. So I get in there and he looks at it and he goes, yeah, you have about six months left before your hands are permanently paralyzed and locked like this for the rest of your life. Holy and I was like, crap, dude. Yeah, I didn't realize the severity of it. It was another fortunate, it was another lucky break for me that I got hurt training and then went to the doctor. So, yes, I went there and he's like, we got to get you into surgery like ASAP, dude, or you're going to lose your hands. So I went into surgery. I had the surgeries done. And then it basically cost me like the whole last year because they, they can't take both of your arms at one time because then you're kind of helpless. So they got to do one arm. And then you got to wait like four months and then you got to do the second arm and then you got to wait like four months. So, uh. yeah. So last year was basically a wash. Not, not had nothing to do with me or anything I wanted to do, but physically I was incapable. I, I would have just been afraid if they're like, okay, you've got six months, you know, before your hands fall off and look like <laughs> raisins. And, but you know, we're going to wait four months between the surgeries that have been like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're cutting it kind of okay. close, right? These are all medical <laughs> estimates, and these are horrifying. Do we have enough time for that? Yeah, right. we should. We should. <laughs> and I was like, all right, things are going terribly, and I'm, you know, I'm cutting it to the edge, and I'm going to lose my hands, but I'm feeling great. But I have my coffee. That's it. I'm like, that coffee's on right now. I could drink it with my wrists. <laughs> I'm like, no, I got it. I got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, so that's what the holdup was uh, with the record. I put it out, and I was already having issues. I, I put the first single out, and then I was, like, gearing up to do all the rest of the album and stuff, and then my hands basically went kaput, and then I had to get three surgeries, and then it kind of slowed everything up a little bit. Well, you keep fighting, Jeff. Like, do what you've been doing. I'm alive at this point. I'm indestructible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you you have you have to keep doing it because there's there's when when I first I got your business card right millions of years ago at DragonCon, I was like, was I'm a, so stoked to get your business. Yeah, card. I was like, oh, this is cool. So we met a fun dude at DragonCon, and he's like, knows George Lowe. This is great. We're gonna so exactly just a business card collector, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
That's what it was. He just collects business cards. He didn't care whose it was. No, was like, I didn't yeah, care at all. Framed, like with this weird album of them. No, yeah. like. So here's the thing. You gave me your business card, but we also had a really good conversation for like the five minutes that we were waiting on George to get back from some yes. phone call or whatever. So there, there was something built there. It wasn't just like, hey, here's my card and, you know, yours had information on it I could use, like looking for your, your songs and stuff. Uh, so, you know, the YouTube comes along, find you. You're, what I'm trying to get at is your music is is beautiful, right? So like I've listened awesome. to King of Diamonds like a hundred times. It's very, very good. And and you sent me a song. This is like I think this started like I just pinged you on Twitter. I was like, dude, listen to your music, it's great. Um happy meeting you at Dragon Con or wherever you're like, check this song out. And it was yeah. um Sanctuario uh de Chimayo or El, El Sanctuario de Chimayo. Yes. Or or as we like to call it, El Sanctuario de Trade Marco because <laughs> Because that is a trademarked name, and I actually received a cease and desist on that during the recording process. Believe it or not. Oh wow! No, I have a million. I have a million fun stories. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're recording. I don't realize. I don't know that this is a trademarked name, and I'm using the name, and I'm going to call my EP uh, the El Sanctuario de Chamayo EP. It was my original idea for it many, many, many years ago, and. Um, so I, I, I have it up and then I get El Sanctuario de Chimayo actually contacts me and is like, that's a trademark name. You have to cease and desist. You cannot use that property without our express written permission. So I had to, I had to handwrite. They would not accept email. I had to handwrite two letters, one to whoever was in charge of the trademark and then one to like, uh, the, the like head priest of El Sanctuario de Chamayo explaining my purpose for the song, what it was about, what I was intending to do. And then I had to wait for them to send me written permission that I could use that name for that song, did which you, I did get. Okay. I was I about did. to say you, you should get it because it is a very respectful song. You're telling a really amazing story about people who go and get this Holy sand, right? Is that it's the, like, yeah. So, so, Okay, so the Horace Holloway name, we didn't touch on that. Yeah, we should probably talk about the origin. So so the origin of the name, Horace Holloway, so Jeff Morrison, Jeffrey Morrison is my birth name, right? Yeah. But if, but if you Google Jeff Morrison or Jeffrey Morrison, there's about 100 million of them, <laughs> right? So I was like, well, this isn't going to work. Plus there was some other songwriter guy named like Jeff Morrison or something, and I was like, this is going to create a log jam. I need something, <laughs> I need something original. So there was a story in Weird Tales magazine uh, about a guy who comes back from war and falls in love with a ghost. And his name was Horace Holloway. <laughs> and so I love this story. It's a short story called The Masked Ball by Seabury Quinn. It's in, it's in one of the we Weird Tales magazines. Great, great short story. So I took the name. I borrowed the name. Yes, I borrowed the name uh, <laughs> Horace Holloway from Weird Tales magazine. So that'll put you with the X-Files tattoo and the fact that I do these cons with Space Ghost. I'm into some kind of weird stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so El Sanctuario de Chimayo, um is about magic dirt. <laughs> but, you know, it's about this. It's about this incredible place, and it's about you know believing in miracles and 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 believing in the impossible. But at the at the root of it, I mean, I'm I'm into all that beautiful stuff and the imagery and and um, 
it's, it's kind of in my wheelhouse, but at the root of it, these people go to this place in the middle of the desert and they get a handful of dirt and this dirt is supposed to have sort of a, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, please don't sue me, El Sanctuario de Chamayo. I'm not trying to downplay the, 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 the dirt. Um, but it was the dirt that got me. They get this dirt from this church in the middle of this like Spanish mission, this old Spanish mission in the middle of the desert. And it will like cure all of your illnesses and it will like perform miracles. And I'm like, what an incredible thing to write a song about. Like who else yeah. has a song about magic dirt? <laughs> Your voice so, is so cool. <laughs> you know, so so then that's so that's so I say you all sanctuary of each mile, which I, I really do enjoy. And I think I can announce officially that that will be the next song off the album. And we're hoping to have it out by the end of the year. Yay. It it, it totally needs to be that's I mean, that was the, the second one I ever heard from you, but you've got some lyrics in there that are are like just really, really good, and I hear them, and I'm like, "That's that's so well put together." There's you talked about. Um, there's one line about God's grace in a pouch, or something yeah. like that, it, and I'm like, <laughs> "That is brilliant!" Like you took this simple idea and you just expand it, and it's not only that, but the melodies are beautiful. Like I was listening to, I even showed Steph. I was like, "Stephanie, listen, I met yeah. this guy at Dragon Con. Like, check this out." And she's like, <laughs> "Dang, he's really good." I'm like, "I know, he's really good." Like. And and we've been waiting patiently for your your EP, and I know the hurdles. Like, yeah, geez, what's taking you so long? Like your elbows <laughs> yeah. broke or something? I don't even care. <laughs> Get me an album. But, but so I feel many- like. Oh, go ahead. No, I feel like that story about the um them suing big for trademark infringement kind of sums up your entire entire personality because most people, if they ran up against that wall, be like, oh, are you God. saying that I'm a criminal? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't your bio say that you're like born of criminals and just kind of? Uh, my, <laughs> my my great grandmother was a stripper and my great grandfather was in the circus. Nice. So okay, so, now we're seeing where it's coming from. We got and this. My, and, and my parents are indeed uh, like against the law criminals. That's how I ended up in Florida. They like dashed out in the middle of the night because there was a warrant out for my dad's arrest. But. <laughs> Enough about the pleasantries. Let me tell you about the line in the song. <laughs> um, but so, so you mentioned that li- that line, and the actual line is, um, "How great would it be to have God's grace in a pouch, yes, hung hung up on the wall inside of your house?" Um, and and it's and you're you're like, man, that what a great line. That guy's a genius. So my dad is a little crazy, and he doesn't he doesn't have any furniture. So he hangs everything on the wall in his house. Oh, wow. So so I was like relating to my own personal life. Like what would I would go to? I would go. I've never been to El Sanctuary de Chamayo. I would love to go there, but I haven't been yet. Um, it's in Chamayo, New Mexico. Um, if anybody wants to check it out, let me know how it is. Um, <laughs> Take some pics. Yeah. But so my dad, he has all these things, just everything in his house. And it's hung on these like nails just randomly stuck in the wall in places, his hats or his Frisbees or his CDs or anything. It's just like hanging up on the wall because there's no furniture. So I thought like, what would I do? Like, what if I had that? You know, what if I had that pouch with that dirt? Like, where would I, where would I put that to keep it safe? Like, what is like a, a familial place where I would like, I would like hold this. And I thought like, I would probably hang it on a nail on the wall. I would have this little pouch with the dirt and I would hang it up 
like on the wall in my house. And so that's where that line that how great would it be to have God's grace in a pouch hung up on the wall inside of your house? That's where that came from. That's so like, cool. I just like, I thought about it. Like I, I related, this is the way I write songs. I have to see them in yeah. my head. That's my process. Like I have to put myself inside of it, inside of the story. And then I think like, what would I do? What am I, who am I there? Who am I in this place? You know, and that's where my material comes from, from personal experience and from, from me being able to see it. I just write what I see. I don't like, I'm not like particularly crafty. I don't like, I don't have like a, a rhyming dictionary or like anything like that. I just, I just see it in my head and then I just describe what I'm seeing. And then I just lay it over those three chords I learned from that book. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a stolen, defrauded, defaulted pawn shop guitar. And then that's where, that's where it comes from. That's how the magic happens. Everything about what you have told us from <laughs> like minute zero has Why been fascinating to me. I know, right? Lies in the face of all logic. No, yes. it's, 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 not e- <laughs> it's not even that. It's just, holy crap. Why didn't we talk like years ago? Like this is... This is amazing. I mean, I guess there wouldn't have been as much material if we'd just been like, hey, oh, no. come on our oh, show. No. And- no, there would have been plenty of material. <laughs> I got plenty of untapped material. That's, <laughs> that's so great. You are you are surely a content creation machine. And and we're gonna we're gonna need more of that material as, as time goes on. We'll need a part two. Uh, I say we'll after, need a part, part two after, after the record comes out, we'll do a part two. <laughs> yes. How about that? Then that we can sounds, talk about the record and all that stuff. That and sounds, all the stuff that's happened in the two months because it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm if sure I'm still there'll alive, be a lot. If I'm still alive in two months, in between the release of the album and whenever we do the thing, then yes. I, I have a feeling if death shows up, you'll be like, I will fight you. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, hey, man. Minutes, bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Let's go. Let's go. Or we can we can split this credit card. I have no intention of paying back to Chase Bank. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you give me forty five minutes, I will talk you out of taking me with you. I will. I'll be working. I'll do the same thing I did with George. I'll be working for Death in forty five minutes. <laughs> give me forty five minutes with Death. I'll be helping him out on the road. You'll That's... have like an extra hundred and twenty years tacked onto your life. <laughs> That's it. We'll, we'll negotiate. We'll negotiate something. We don't have to pay, but we can work out a deal. <laughs> that uh, yes. dude, that relationship with George though is so is so cool to me because like when we met, like I, I figured George hires an assistant, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's great, but like. We went, uh, was it 2016 Smash? We went, and we, that's when we got uh, George to record an intro yeah, for yeah, our yeah. episode 400 of our Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, the other show we do. And uh, yeah. he was like, well, I'll have to charge you. And we're like, well, duh, here's, here's your money. Just talk yeah. into this microphone. Uh, but we, we actually talked to him because I knew he stopped to see you because uh, apparently you guys get together when he goes north to Dragon Con. Yeah, and, we do uh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, he oh, actually, yeah. It's, it's not like, I mean, you might, some people might see it and that's would see it like a professional sense, but it's not really professional. I don't know if you've ever met George, but nothing about George is particularly professional. Oh no. So it's not a, like a professional relationship. We, we actually just kind of became best friends. Yeah. That's... He's like your cool uncle. He, re- he actually, re- uh, his mom, um, who recently passed, uh, love you, Miss Mabel. Um, I was, I was close with her too. Um, but uh, his mom always called me her other son. 
Or <laughs> if she was pissed at George, her good son. <laughs> so you were the good son a lot. I was the good son a lot. And George calls me his little brother. Aww. That's so awesome, so, dude. Yeah. So, so George, so you'll see me out like working professionally and George is usually slapping me with things or like making me do psychic seizures or <laughs> pushing me on the, yeah, you know, typical George stuff. Um, but we're actually, we're just really, really good friends. And uh, he considers me family and I consider him family. We call him uncle George over here. And yeah. <laughs> my daughter knows him as uncle George. And that's awesome. Know. Yeah. He's, he's a character, man. I, I, I got up the guts to ask him a question about like the space ghost albums or something. And yeah. you, you just kind of have to cross your fingers when you get up to ask him a question <laughs> that one, you're going to be able to ask it. And two, that he's going to answer it with any reasonable answer or, or halfway understand what you just asked him without going off on a tangent somewhere oh man uh, people you know people sometimes they ask me they, they'll find out i work for space ghost sometimes i tell them sometimes they find out other places but people will, will know that i work for space ghost and they go oh man what's he like outside of the show <laughs> and i'm like have you ever seen the show <laughs> that's exactly how he is in real life <laughs> that's not that's not a character that's george <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing to me too because it's it's not like I feel like he's more he's he's more awesome outside of the show. Like he's scripted well, he it is. in a cage in Coast to Coast and Cartoon Planet and the Brack Show, all those things he did before. Like you yeah. let him out of that and it's like, why don't they just have a George Lowe show and they let him talk for thirty minutes? You know, that's kind of what they did when they first started Coast to Coast. It used to be like uh, had a lot more scripting to it. And then uh George actually started like improvising like he does like where, where George would just take it off on a tangent and <laughs> and they were like they were like holy crap and they actually stopped right in the, in the early days of the show they stopped and George kept going and was like churning out all this good material and the and the uh, president of cartoon came running in and he was like he was like, are you getting this? Roll tape. Roll tape. <laughs> He's like, if you, if you ever stop rolling tape on that again, I will fire you. And so then they realized, they realized like, oh man, like we should just build this show around George's like zany <laughs> improvisations. And that's as the show got further and further in, it ran for 10 years. As the show got further and further in, they just kind of let George run. They just let him play more and more with it. It was still slightly scripted, but they, they let him do his improvs. <laughs> they just yeah. let him loose. Exactly. They took him they let him out of the cage. They took him off his chain. And it makes <laughs> it makes sense when you when you put it together because he's got all these things he says, like, hey kids, and all this that, that I used to think was like a space ghost thing. Well, hello kids, welcome to the you know, blah blah blah. But that's him. Like he throws out all these weirdo nineteen fifties sounding slang terms. It. And you're like yeah. They didn't write that down for you. That was just, that's just you. That is just no, what you he's, do. He's at Publix and he's like, greeting, citizen, <laughs> you know, to the cashier. <laughs> I just, uh, somewhere in the in my brain, I wish that I had didn't have the uh, the governor uh, that would that would stop me from saying outlandish things to strangers on the street. Because I know he does it. He doesn't have oh, he, a governor. He just goes. and He just goes. He has no governor. Sometimes he gets himself in trouble, but there is just no... There is no like wall. There is like no block at all. Oh like, my god. That's gosh. why you guys are friends. Oh, we it's we just have we have such a such a good time together. We're both really weird dudes, <laughs> I guess. You just have yeah. more hair. Exactly. I have 
I have a full head, you know, and and so that's that's actually the only reason that he hangs out with me. He's still trying to figure out a way to kill me so he can do that scalp transplant. Yeah. That's why he's collecting all the medical tools. That's it. He's got all these new medical tools. He's, he's like luring me into his web. He's like, come look at my art. And he's like sizing up my scalp and stuff. That from does sound vaguely creepy. Hi, sir, that I, I met at Olive Garden. Would you like to come over? <laughs> come to my house. Well, but you got to understand the source. I mean, it's, you know, you can't. Is it creepy or is it George? <laughs> That's, that is the I, I slang. Think those the are slogan. interchangeable. One and the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what is it? Oh, Space Ghost is creepily inviting me back to his dungeon? Yeah, this would be cool. <laughs> yeah, let's go. This is why we worry about you, dude. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. No, man, I this is this has been an unbelievably Amazing. fun conversation. And I, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and uh and talking about everything that you talked about and i think i think you've got enough in your head that that we will need a part two at some yeah. point uh <laughs> post album release well I'm, I'm down if you guys are down if you didn't yes. if you weren't like okay this is the worst interview we've ever done <laughs> then i'm down i'm down for part two so yeah yeah no we, we we would we would do this again for sure this is this has been a great a great time uh talking to you about this stuff do you plan so we need to know uh, ahead of time, are you planning to go to Dragon Con next year? Because we we yes. got to meet up. Yes, we will link up. <laughs> good, good, good. We we'll we are planning year. to go. We are planning to go, uh, and hopefully in a in it, we can we can get on some sort of panel and then be part of some elite club with you and George, uh, which would be cool. <laughs> hint, hint. Powers <laughs> that be. be. Of, you guys can be part of me and George's. Nobody wants to sit by us. Secret oh panel. Ever. It's just me and George because nobody else wants to sit by us, but it's a very exclusive club. <laughs> yeah, I totally want to be, be so there. Cool. <laughs> I would be so on board for that that uh, get together. I had shoot. I the Jerry Ryan not getting an elevator with you story sticks to me to this Dude, day. I was like, I was so pumped. I don't want to get sued by Jerry Ryan, but I was so pumped. I was like, I was a big Voyager fan, and I'm like, it's Jerry Ryan. This is awesome. Seven of nine. And I'm like, time to go in the elevator with Jerry Ryan. And they're just like, <laughs> and then the door's just like shut right in my face. That's and I'm like, so oh. <laughs> Never meet your heroes, Jeff, unless that's, that's George Lowe. That's unless it's George Lowe or a flock of seagulls. Yes, there or a flock go. of seagulls. Sometimes they're nice and it works out for you. Sometimes, a lot, most of the time. Most <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time. Most of the time. It seems, it seems like it's definitely been the experience for you. Well, man, this has been great, and we are we are happy that you came on. But we're yes, thank you so much. Yes, I'm, I'm super. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, next time I'm in Tallahassee, which which should be in the near term, we're gonna have to find some some way to hang. That's for oh, sure. Oh, dude, we're hanging, and yeah. we'll probably get some wings. Yes, some wings. I used to live like 20 minutes outside of Quincy, so I okay. I know. Yeah, so I know where you the, are. Yeah, so we'll get some. <laughs> You, we'll get some wings. We'll get together and get some wings. It's happening. Put it on the books. We'll make it happen, man. Well, thank you so much for hanging with us, bud. And I will let you have the rest of your evening back. We have had a blast. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. See you, sir. Four, three, two. That was Jeff Morrison, a.k.a. Horace Holloway. If you want to hear some of his music, you can pull him up on Spotify. And he has a handful of YouTube videos out there as well. So just search for... Horace Holloway on Spotify, on YouTube, 
and give his stuff a listen because it is fantastic. Uh, if you like what we do here, there are a couple ways you can help us out. The number one way is by reviewing the show on your podcast app of choice and telling your friends. We're brand new, so all those early uh, hits help to get new shows up the, up the charts, so do that for us. Uh, there's no single better way to make the show grow. Uh, email us guest suggestions if you have somebody you want to hear from uh, and, and comments to creatorcrush at gmail.com or you can leave a comment at creatorcrush or I said creatorcrush at gmail.com leave us a comment at creatorcrush.com and you can support all things Two Dorks with your dollars at twodorks.net slash tip or by subscribing on the Twitch channel with your Bezos bucks. Uh, thank you guys so much for choosing to spend some time with us today. Next week, we'll be joined by Askren of Exploding Dice Woo-hoo! to talk about being an online dungeon master and all the work he puts in to make something worth watching. We will see you guys next time on Creator Crush. <laughs>